Chapter Ten of the Diamond Pin by Carolyn Wells. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Ten, Flossie. When Iris failed to respond to the summons for dinner, Miss Darrell waited a few moments and then took her own place at the table. Go and find Miss Clyde," she said to Agnes. "I do wish people would be prompt at meals, especially when they're guests." lucile never allowed any one of her household to forget that she was now mistress of pelbrook and she longed for the time when the mystery would be cleared up and she might be left to the possession of her new home being sunday it was a case of midday dinner and as iris was usually prompt lucile was surprised at the length of time agnes remained out of the room at last she returned with the word that she could not find miss clyde anywhere in the house but she added maybe she went away in the little car that was here a while ago what little car demanded lucile i don't know whose it was and i don't know that miss iris was in it but i just caught sight of it as it whizzed through the gate when about an hour ago i didn't think much about it i saw a man driving it and i think there was a lady on the back seat agnes you're crazy miss clyde wouldn't go out anywhere on sunday morning without telling me she didn't go to church oh no ma'am it was much too late for that well that was some stranger's car you didn't see iris in it no ma'am i didn't however as there was no iris on the premises lucile darrell concluded she had gone off on some sudden and unexpected errand perhaps to see winston bannard so miss darrell ate her dinner alone with no feeling of alarm but a slight annoyance at the episode she thought over the story iris had told her of the intruder of the night before and slowly a vague suggestion of something wrong shaped itself in her brain she realized that if iris had gone on an errand or had gone for a ride with roger downing or any other friend or caller she would certainly have told lucile she was going for iris was punctilious in her courtesy and the two women really got along very well together she called old polly in and asked her what she thought about it i don't know and the cook shook her head i'd just been talking to her about that pin mrs pell left to her good heavens polly that pin again why what is there about that pin what do you know of it well and the old face was very serious i've been acquainted with that pin for years is it a special pin very special why what's its value that i don't know ma'am cept i'm thinking it's a lucky pin oh how ridiculous why you're not even sure the pin is in existence i mean that anybody knows of oh yes ma'am i just gave that pin to miss iris this morning you did where did you get it well i hooked it off an agnes what does this all mean why did you take it from agnes and where did she get it well miss darrell ma'am it's all mighty queer i don't say's there's any such thing as luck and then i don't say as there isn't anyway mrs pell guarded that pin like everything while she was alive and she left it to miss iris when she died don't that look like it was a luck oh that bequest business was a joke surely you know that not altogether it wasn't the dime part was maybe but that pin why i know that pin i tell you do you mean you'd know that pin apart from a lot of other common pins no'm 
i don't know as i can say that but well maybe i could tell it polly you're out of your head but never mind all that now tell me what you think of miss iris's absence you know her would she run off anywhere just before dinner on sunday without telling anyone that she would not miss iris is most considerate and thoughtful she'd never go away without seeing you first that's what i think then where is she i don't know ma'am but-but i'm-i'm awful scared and flinging her apron over her face as she burst into sobs polly ran out of the room thoroughly alarmed lucile spoke again to agnes you're not sure you saw miss clyde in that car oh no ma'am i didn't see her at all only i didn't know the car and i thought she might be in it i know mr downing's car and mr chapin's and-i think i'll telephone mr chapin what with murderings and maraudings this house is a frightful place i almost wish it wasn't mine she called mr chapin on the telephone and he came over as quickly as he could then she told him of the intruder of the night before and of the other efforts that had been made to get the pin the lawyer smiled nonsense he said they're not after that pin they're after something else what i don't know but probably the jewels or memoranda or information as to where the jewels are where can they be i've not the slightest idea i wish now i'd insisted more strongly on having mrs pell's confidence but she told me that her whole fortune was left to iris and win bannard and that it was all disclosed in the will's directions she gave me to understand that the box for iris and the pocket-book for win held directions for the possessing of her fortune was her money all in the jewels all but a few shares of stock and a little real estate those however will help along for they belong to iris and young bannard as her immediate heirs aside from her will well i should think you would have insisted on knowing a little more about things than that why should i i drew her will i attended to such matters as she asked me to and it was not my affair where she chose to conceal her wealth especially as she had given me a sealed box to hand over to the heiress at her death and too miss darrell you didn't know my late client as well as i did indeed i doubt if many people knew her as i did a lawyer often has queer clients but i'm sure she set a record for eccentricities i suppose i drew up a score of wills for her and lord knows how many codicils were added then too i never knew when she would perpetrate one of her silly jokes on me i've been called over here late at night to take her dying testamentary directions only to arrive and find her perfectly well and laughing at me i've been given an extra fee for some trifling service only to find that payment had been stopped at the bank before i could present the check and you stood for such treatment what could i do she was an old and valued client she paid well and the checks were always honoured later after she had had her fun out of me and of course her tricks were merely tricks she never did anything dishonest or dishonourable then too i liked the old lady aside from her one foolish fad she was intelligent and interesting oh ursula pell was all right except for that one bee in her bonnet now i am perfectly certain her hoard of jewels is safely secreted and i think i hope she has left directions telling where they are 
but if she hasn't if dying so unexpectedly she has neglected to leave the secret then i fear iris will never get her inheritance why they may be within a few feet of us even now and yet be so slyly hidden as to be irrecoverable i think that's what the man was after last night i dare say but who was the man not an ordinary burglar for iris declared he was a gentleman gentlemen don't conduct themselves as you know what i mean she said he was educated and cultured of speech and manner of course he was a thief he pretended he wanted the pin but that was a blind he was hunting the jewels well we'd better hunt iris i don't like her unexplained disappearance suppose we telephone to all the people we can think of at whose home she might be but this procedure though including the bowens and many other of iris's intimate acquaintances brought forth positively no results nobody had seen or heard from iris that day at last they telephoned to hughes and the detective said he would come to pelbrook at once when iris realized that she had been actually kidnapped her feelings were of anger rather than of fright the indignity of the thing loomed above her sense of danger or fear of personal injury the little car a landaulet ran smoothly and rapidly and as soon as they were well away from pelbrook the stifling cloth was partially removed from her head and iris discovered that beside her was a young woman whose face though determined was not at all awe-inspiring she even smiled at iris's furious expression and said now now what's the use you may as well take it quietly take kidnapping quietly blazed iris would you if i couldn't help myself any more than you can yes keep still too much chattering back there came a voice from the driver's seat and a scowling face turned round for a moment all right retorted iris's cheerful companion you mind your business and i'll mind mine then she took the covering entirely off iris's head but at the same time she drew down the silk shades to the windows of the car sorry she said blithely but it must be did where am i where am i going and iris frowned at her you don't know where you're going but you're on your way sang the strange girl for she was little more than a girl now don't ye fight just take it pleasant like and it will be lots better for you i don't care for your advice thank you i ask you what it means that i am forcibly carried off in this way it means we wanted you see now miss clyde or may i call you iris you may not oh very well very well but you call me flossy won't you i've no desire to call you anything fie fie what a temper or doesn't your common sense tell you that it would be better for you to make friends with me than not i reserve the privilege of choosing my own friends oh ho of course you do usually but this is an unusual incident and out of the way occurrence if i may say so iris preserved a stony silence all right miss clyde here's your last chance be a little more friendly with me and i assure you you'll get off much more easily continue to rebuff me with these cruel cruel glances and take the consequences the last three words were said in such a menacing tone that iris jumped it seemed this laughing young woman could turn decidedly threatening iris capitulated in view of what you imply i'll be as friendly as i can but i confess i don't feel really sisterly toward you that's better that line of talk is most certainly better now maybe we can hit it off what do you want to know why i was carried off in this manner who did it 
where am i being taken why the questions put by thee dear heart are as a string of pearls to me the lilting voice was true and the soft tones very sweet iris was attracted in spite of herself to this strange person i'll answer separately every one apart she twittered on first you were ahem accumulated for a good and wise purpose the principal actor who could be said to answer your question of who did it is not in our midst at present you are being taken to a house why ah if i tell you you will know won't you flossie looked provoking but good-natured and iris deemed it wiser not to rouse her ire again you haven't really answered but i suppose you won't well when can i go back home if you're a goody girl you can return in say a couple of hours if not ah if not suddenly a light broke upon iris it was that pin these strange people were after the pin and it was sticking in her shirt-waist frill just where she had put it when polly gave it to her they must not get it now if ever she must use her wits for if anybody wanted that pin so desperately it was it must be valuable also if ursula pell had cherished that pin as old polly described it surely was valuable iris thought quickly this sharp-eyed girl would be difficult to hoodwink yet it must be done had she seen the pin a furtive glance at the full ruffle of lawn and lace showed iris that the pin was not prominently visible though she could see it why did they want it but that didn't matter now now she must hide it would she be searched she wondered surely she would not be submitted to such an insult yet it might be at any rate it must be hidden this was the real pin and the others had not been and these people who were after it knew that what the pin meant or why they wanted it must be left undecided but the pin must be made safe iris thought of dropping it out of the window which was open though the shade was down but concluded that her ever finding it again would be too doubtful she thought of concealing it in her abundant hair but suppose she were made to take down her hair a sort of intuition told her that she would be searched and she must be ready at last she thought of a hiding-place and as a start she drew flossie's attention to a slightly loose shade tassel while with a gesture as of straightening a tiny velvet bow at her throat she drew her hand down the frill and brought the pin with it concealed in her left hand and stealthily watching her companion's eyes she waited for her chance and then unnoticed she thrust it head end first into the hem of her white serge skirt the loose weave of the material made this possible and the pin disappeared into the inch-wide hem it might be safe there and it might not iris thought it would and at any rate she could think of no better place to conceal it also getting another pin from her belt she placed it where the valuable pin had been for further precaution nor did she accomplish her work much too soon for very shortly they drove in at a gate and stopped at the door of a small house there was no attempt at hiding now and iris was handed out of the car by the man who had driven them with no appearance of stealth flossie ushered her into the house which proved to be an ordinary middle-class dwelling of country people the sitting-room they went into had a table with a red cover some books of no interest and an old-fashioned lamp on a wool-work mat the patent rocker and a few other worn chairs betokened family furnishings bought in the eighties and not renewed since flossie closed the door and spoke to iris in a new and very decided tone 
miss clyde she said with respect and politeness i'm truly sorry but you are here and i am here in order that i may take from you a pin which you have somewhere in your clothing i deeply regret the necessity but it is imperative that i make sure of getting every pin that is on your person please do not make it harder for me for both of us than is necessary for i assure you i shall do my duty a pin said iris innocently here is one she took one from her belt in which there chanced to be several and thanked her lucky stars that she had hidden the real one it might be found for this girl was surely energetic but iris trusted much to her own dramatic ability now not one but all said flossie gravely i'm afraid you don't understand i'm sure i don't interrupted iris what about a pin i won't waste words with you if you please i am here to take from you every pin you have in your clothing you will please undress slowly that i may get them all here is a paper of new ones to replace them will you please take off your shirt-waist or shall i iris looked aghast then she concluded it would be best to submit will you lock the door she said haughtily it is locked we are quite safe from intrusion or interruption please proceed iris proceeded but as she removed her shirt-waist she furtively yet careful that flossie should see her glanced at the pin in its frill she laid the garment on a chair and went on to disrobe with the cold dignity of a queen on the scaffold flossie was kind and delicately courteous not your underclothing of course she said i have reason to think you secreted the pin i want in your clothes a few moments before you-before you left home and i think it must be in your frock or petticoats or perhaps in your camisole she examined the dainty lingerie with scrutinizing care and extracted every pin of which she found several each one she carefully laid aside and gravely offered iris a new pin in its place pretty sure now that her pin would not be found iris let herself be amused at the whole performance do you do this as a profession she asked or are you an amateur both was the unsmiling answer will you give me your word there are no more pins on you i will give you my word there is only this one and you are welcome to it iris took a pin from a loop of ribbon that adorned her petticoat ruffle but i must ask for one to replace it i am a shockingly careless mortal and i fully meant to sew that bow on but i didn't flossie stared at her hard but iris didn't quiver an eyelash of fear or apprehension and the other allowed her to dress herself again that is all flossie said shortly as once more iris was in full costume we will go now they re-entered the car which was still at the door and started back the way they had come End of chapter ten